Hi, good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Bible study for the second Sunday of Advent. We hope everyone had a really wonderful Thanksgiving. It's great to be back. Um, so we invite everyone to tell us in the chat box who you are and where you are from. We also would love to hear from everyone throughout this evening's Bible study, what your reflections, what your thoughts are. So feel free to type away. Joining me this evening is Kate. Good evening, Kate. How are you? Good evening. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. So Kate will be reading the gospel reading uh, this evening, but first we're going to go ahead and start with a prayer. So let me just get this up here on our screen. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, here we are. I think. All right. All right. All right, here we go. All right, so this is the gospel reading for the uh, second Sunday of Advent, this coming Sunday, December 6th, opening prayer. Here we go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we open our hearts, minds, and souls to worship you. We thank you today as we dwell in your kingdom and live in your presence. Thank you as we gather together, we join with all Catholic Christians across the world in your holy name. Come be with us, inspire us, and lead us in our time together. We ask all this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this evening's uh, gospel reading for this coming Sunday is from the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. It is the preaching of John the Baptist. And we're going to have Kate go ahead and, and do her thing. Okay, so a reading from the gospel according to Mark. Okay, Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8 the preaching of John the Baptist. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, thank you, Kate. Kate will be reading your comments as they come in. Okay. Okay. So any comments yet, Kate? All right, so we have um, some people, yes, some people are tuning in and joining us tonight. Thank you everybody for being here. So we have Jason's mom who's here, says my name is Donna and I live in Rhode Island. So hi Donna, um, Miriam's here, hello Miriam. Um, Mark is here from Omaha, Nebraska, hello. Um, Amazed is here from Sri Lanka, hi Amazed. We have Amandi. Joni says, hello and God bless from Tampa, Florida. Hello. Um, Vicky's here. She says, hi from Iowa. Hello, Vicky. Um, Dee is here. She says, hello all from Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Um, so hello to Dee and also Judy's here from Southern Arizona. Hello, Judy. Angela's here, says good evening from Chile, Florida. Oh, it must be, because it must be yes, cold. Yes, it's in like in the 50s Florida. down there today or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, I heard it was actually warmer in Maine today than it was in Florida. How about that? Yeah, huh. Um, Janice is here, says hi everyone from Upper Michigan. Hi Janice. Um, Anne is here from LaSalle, Illinois. Hello, Singing Angie's here. Good evening, Singing Angie. Um, and Trung Peter says, Hi, Trunk Peter um, from Arlington, Texas. Hello, Melissa's here. She says hi. Hi, Melissa. And um, Sink Piper, right? God bless from Cincinnati. God bless. Mr. Noah Strickland, hello from Oceanside, California. And James is here. He says, glad to be here. Also from New Jersey. Hello, hey, James. Hey, Jersey boy. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. That's all we have so far. All right. Back okay, to you, perfect. Mike. All right. Great. We're going to get into our reflection questions for this uh, gospel reading, guys. So let's go to our very first one. All right. Here we go. So the first question, the first reflection question, what do the phrases one more powerful than me and whose sandals I am not worthy to untie say about John the Baptist? So we're going to give everybody about 30 seconds to fill in your answers, what you want to share, what's your thoughts on this? What do the phrases, one more powerful than me, and whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, say about John the Baptist? In fact, I'll just go ahead and, while you guys are typing out, I'm going to go ahead and read that part of the uh, gospel reading one more time. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So Kate, what are your thoughts? What do the phrases one more powerful than me and whose sandals I am not worthy to untie do you think says about John the Baptist? Um, well, I think when he says one mightier than I, that part there, I think what he's referring to is, in other words, referring to Christ's coming because he's now he's preparing the way of the Lord. He's um, getting ready for Christ, getting the people ready by baptizing. So um, I think he knows he has a sense of what's happening here. And I think he was chosen like from the womb. I'm thinking of the visitation when um, the Blessed Mother went to see her cousin Elizabeth and John the Baptist was the baby in St. Elizabeth's womb who leapt for joy because, you know, he knew even from infancy about Christ being there. So I think it's showing that he's recognizing Jesus as being above him. And so that's, that's what those words mean to me. How about you, Mike? What do you think? I feel exactly the same way. And I'm also, what, what really stands out on this phrase, um, one more powerful than me and whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, especially the one more powerful than me. It gives us a knowledge that John the Baptist was indeed powerful um, in his regards to, you know, where he stands with God, you know what I mean? One more powerful than I. So he was definitely part of the hierarchy in regards to God's plan for salvation. And so I think that's important to point out. So I always think of that. That's one of the things that, that comes to me. And like you said, I think it's, it's about, um, you know, 
him submit giving like submitting submitting himself um to christ who is to come and um whose sandals i am not worthy to untie that's just how powerful um he feels about you know jesus and the messiah who's coming i mean it's that's that's powerful so how about very, the comments very true okay so um once again everybody thank you for being here and for chiming in so we have um ann says total humility okay which is you know i i totally agree that's true so he was very humble by recognizing that christ is above him and is more powerful or is mightier than he is um melissa says he paved the way for jesus's coming definitely true um d says he was preparing for jesus okay um yeah absolutely preparing the way um vicky says humble and he knew he was God on earth. So I, I agree, Vicki. I think that John the Baptist did have knowledge. He had an insight as to Jesus and, you know, who he was. Um, Tracy says he is lower than Jesus. Jason's mom says, I think it tells me that John the Baptist knew, news, oh, if Jesus was more powerful than him and he didn't want to have people worship him over Jesus. Okay. Yeah, true. Um, so I think the idea is that John the Baptist was already pretty well recognized and that's correct. I think what Donna's saying is true that he didn't want John the Baptist didn't want, um, people to think that he was greater than Jesus. He wanted people to realize that Jesus was greater than he was. So that's an important point. Um, let's see, uh, Pamela Frank says, sorry, I'm late. Oh, no problem, Pamela. Good evening, everyone. May says, even though he was making way for the son of God, he was humble. True. Um, Vicky says, this has to be spirit-filled speech since they are cousins and grew up together. True. Um, he was humbled by Jesus, knowing that Jesus is truly our Lord. Um, Judy says, Judy here a bit late. No problem, Judy. Um, Janice says, I couldn't say it any better than what you've said, Kate. Oh, thank you. Um, Singing Angie says, John the Baptist prepared the way for the coming of Jesus by giving the people a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins so we could receive Jesus when he came. Um, Mr. Noah Strickland says, John leaped for joy the same way King David leapt for joy when he saw the Ark of the Covenant. I agree with Anne, total humility. Good point there about the Ark of the Covenant um, too. That's why the Blessed Mother is compared with the Ark of the Covenant. All right. Um, definitely a good point. I'm, I, I really, if I can interrupt one second, sure. um, the person who was talking about um, how they were cousins, mm -hmm. that's really interesting because I think a lot of times we forget that they were, you know, family members and, and just the reaction of John the Baptist and saying that about his cousin, I wonder, like, I often wonder if like they grew up as kind of like equals in regards to, you know, relations or, relationship you know as cousins or was it when jesus began his ministry that you know as he became more aware of who he was um because it says that jesus emptied himself out and you know he became a human and he had to, he grew in wisdom so um, we don't know how much jesus knew who he really was at the very beginning i don't know but i wonder if there was always this awareness with john the baptist that jesus was who jesus was or if it wasn't until later later that it was revealed to him by the holy spirit you know 
That's mm. a question I've always wondered. I don't know if anyone knows of any answers or have read anything about that that they can share with us, so. Right, no, good good point. Um, yeah, we know certainly from the womb, John the Baptist had some idea leaping for joy, but, and also I think that that was meant for us in the future, reading it to, to see that Mary is being another parallel of the Blessed Mother being the new Ark of the Covenant too as well. So bringing that Old Testament and New Testament together. Um, but good point. Um, let's see. Uh, so, okay, sorry, I'm just uh, going back to our left off here. Um, okay, he was humbled. Okay, um, he was, uh, L or D Lodge says he was humbled by Jesus knowing Jesus is truly our Lord. Okay, I'm sorry, guys, if I read, um, I think I over, I read some of that already. Um, okay, uh, okay, I'm just skipping down. I realized that I overread, sorry, guys, backtracked, backed over some of the things I already read. Um, Sink Piper says, the comment about sandals refers to what a host servants would do to welcome a guest. They would wash their feet. True. Good point. Um, Angela says, John is the bridge from the Old Testament to new. Um, Thank you for sharing see. that. That's, that's good, good to um, reflect on. Yeah, definitely. Um, and say Timon's, um, sorry, I can't say the screen name too well. Says, good evening, all. Sorry, I'm late. Good evening. Hello, Timon. Thank you for joining um, us. Timon. Uh, Ab Donio says, praise the Lord. Amen. Um, Gail says, Jesus knew at a young age what he was to do, his father's work, finding him at the temple. That's true. Yeah, Jesus knew, like he was gradually. Yes, that's, that's right. Thank very you for good pointing point. that out. Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, Teresa says, John didn't know Jesus until revealed by the spirit because he lived in the desert. Okay, yeah, we don't, yeah, for that's true. He did live in the desert. We wonder, though, what John's childhood was like. Yeah, I wonder how long John the Baptist was in the desert. That's interesting to think about. Um, what age did he actually go out into the desert? I, you know, that's something I really am not sure of. All right, thank you guys for chiming in so far. Oh, wait, one more. Singing Angie says, John was in the plan chosen by God to help prepare the people to receive him when he came. Okay, definitely. Yeah, I think God has a plan for everyone, for each individual soul too. And obviously John the Baptist, certainly. Okay, great. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Once again. All right. Great comments. Good thoughts. All right. Back to you, Mike. Okay. We're going to go into our next question. So our next one is what do John the Baptist's clothes say about him? What do John the Baptist's clothes say about him? So as you guys are filling in your responses, <clears throat> let's just go back to see what it says about John the Baptist's clothes. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, oh, wow. <clears throat> Pardon me. Okay, so it says that um, he was baptizing by the Jordan River. Um, John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. So he was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. Okay, so what does this tell us about John the Baptist, the way he was, um, while he was dressed? He was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. Hmm. Well, so Kate, you wanna? Yeah, sure. Well, first things, uh, he's definitely, you know, living out in the wild, 
um, you know, he's, you know, using camel's hair. So um, instead of just the, you know, clothing that you see the majority of people wear, like the kind of like, I guess, what do you call like toga-like things they wore back then. So, um, so it was a lot different. Um, yeah, like, so, and well, he didn't shop at the mall, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, he's very, very humble. I think it also speaks of his humility to like very, just simply, he just decided to live simply. Um, just he used what he had on the land, what God had given on the land, um, eating the locusts and the wild honey. So, yeah, I think it shows he lived very simply. Well, I'm going to take this a step further. I'm going to add a couple more questions that I came up with in regards to John the Baptist's clothing. Um, do you think his, his style of dressing, obviously, it wasn't what normal, regular, everyday people wore back then. Do you think it helped his mission or, or did it, you think it might have turned some people off? You know, and also if we saw someone today in a similar clothing style, like here in America or Sri Lanka or wherever, um, how would we respond to someone who was dressed like this, you know, and uh, would we stop to listen to what they had to say or would we just dismiss them as someone who's crazy, you know, because I can imagine there was a lot of people who probably didn't like what John the Baptist was saying in the first place, you know, mm -hmm. in regards to um, calling people to repent and, um, you know, uh, admit and come to terms of what you did and ask for God's forgiveness, you know, especially someone who wasn't of high prestige, someone who was, you know, living out in the desert and eating locusts and, and things of that sort and dressed as he was. So um, those are some questions, some additional questions that I have. No, but. I think, um, no, that's that you may think of some of those questions. I was thinking about how the desert is often like the, the setting of the desert in the Bible is often like a trial place. Like I'm thinking of Moses, like, and what he went through in the desert, like in being cast out when he was you know, tossed out of Egypt and, you know, and so forth. And he was pretty much, I mean, that was where God was pretty much testing him and not thinking of Christ in the desert when he was tempted by the devil, he went in the desert to fast and so forth. So the desert seems like a trying ground and, you know, to like a test of faith and a test of strength and relying on God, maybe. So maybe that's part of, you know, it's, maybe that speaks a little bit to how he dressed and how he lived. And I think that's a good point. And you know, what else comes to my mind as we do this is Jesus came from being rich up in heaven to poverty. And so mm -hmm. here comes John the Baptist, who was in a similar way, you know, living in poverty. You know, he wasn't living in nice quarters or anything like that. And, you know, so I, I kind of see a little bit of a, a parallel between the two, you know, a connection that, you know, they're embracing poverty, you know, from the very beginning of their missions. Right, right, so. embracing humility. Okay, well, we have a lot of comments coming in. Um, thank you guys for chiming in. Um, so the question one more time is, what uh, do John the Baptist's clothes say about him? Okay, Kate. Okay, um, so we have Teresa says, it is, it is said he was a young man according to those who knew him. Okay, I think like in referring to maybe John the Baptist going out and living in the desert area and so forth. Um, Judy says he lived in the wilderness. Okay, true. That's his clothes. Definitely say that about him living in the wilderness area. Melissa says that he's humble and what he wore was simple and plain. 
Okay, very true. Um, Teresa says humility and suffering. Okay, yeah, because I imagine like the camel's hair being like the hair shirts that some saints had that were very like would be itchy and that kind of thing. Um, Vicky says it makes me think of Saint Francis taking sackcloth as a habit, the most low and hump and simple. That's, That's a good, good point. point. Um, yes. James says John was a minimalist. His cons he concern his concerns were not were not material but spiritual true so he was humbling himself and you know reaching for searching for the spiritual do you think um, i like that comment if i can interrupt real quick so do you think john's whole lifestyle was um one of repentance for his own sins possibly like maybe that's why he was he was he lived that way yeah well we'll never know i mean um it's i would i guess we'd have to study more about the life of john the baptist to really know um what motivated him obviously i think he was motivated by the holy spirit but in terms of whatever else happened with his life i'm really not sure that's a good question um and also we well we know he ended up with obviously in a bad fit met a bad fate but um maybe spiritually he was being strengthened too all of his life mm. um let's see uh, Angela says, not the latest styles. His eyes were fixed on the Lord, not material. True. Um, Jason's mom, Donna says, John the Baptist lived a simple life. Definitely. Um, Anne says, camel hair would be rough and maybe itchy. He was not seeking the comforts of the world. Oh, um, nice. Timon Spud says, in some ways, John could be considered one of the founders of the church, the way he baptized people and preached about the coming of God. Okay, true. Angel says, we would think he has mental problems and homeless. Yeah, mm -hmm. we would think if he lived in our time. True. Yeah. Um, um, Gail says, mortification and penance. True. Amaze says, wonder if, if that he had that had some comparison to ashes and sackcloth to show repentance. Oh, may, good point. Maybe he was showing repentance. Maybe like you said, Mike, he was trying to repent for some sins by how he was dressed. Mm -hmm. um, she says, people are often turned off by dress, yet we are called to listen and give care to those who are poor. Good point. And if he had been dressed lavishly, people might have thought, oh, it's another one, like just like another one of the Pharisees or, you know, somebody like that. They might have been turned off if he were dressed too lavishly. It's a good point. Um, Angel says the whole area is a desert. True. Yeah. And John Baptist, I think he was said he specifically lived in the wilderness area, probably like he stayed away from people most of the time. I get that impression, except, of course, when he was calling people to be baptized. Um, Elijah wore camel hair. Oh, okay. Um, Sink Piper says that. Uh, D says, John did not need anything material. He trusted that God would provide what he needed. Okay, get true. Um, hi, it's Amy, or John's, uh, John's streaming. Hi, it's Amy, John's daughter joining now. Or Emily, sorry. Hello, Emily. Emily, we're um, praying for your dad. I hope he's okay. So he oh, had, yeah. he's been in our prayers. Yeah, thank Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, Janice says he definitely wasn't looking for comfort, but actually the opposite. Vicki says, I wonder if his elderly parents died when he was young, and that is when he went to the desert. Oh, that could be. I wonder I if there's any saints that have um, any insight or, or know anything like about the life of John the Baptist, because he really is, 
you know, obviously his life is really interesting. If anyone is aware of any books or anything about John the Baptist, if you would please let us know, it would be, it would be a great read, Kate. It so, would be, yeah, what's definitely. what's coming soon, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, that definitely, yeah, that's very true. We'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's see. Singing Angie says, the way he dressed, what he ate, the general way he lived matched his preaching of not being worthy compared to Jesus coming after him who would be the one to baptize the people with the Holy Spirit. True. Um, Jesus says, John didn't know Jesus was the Messiah till he baptized him and the Holy Spirit came down. Oh, okay. Um, whoa, whoa, can you, re can you read that one more time, please? Sure. Um, John didn't know Jesus was the Messiah till he baptized him and the Holy Spirit came down. Although, hmm. Yeah, I see, Matthew is more enlightened, but I think he did recognize Christ I think he would have known him but how much he knew like and how gradually he was enlightened I mean we know from the womb he leapt for joy but if he he must have known about Jesus's coming because otherwise he wouldn't be saying to the people that one is is coming who is mightier than I am so well um, can I chime in real quick because maybe like maybe John the Baptist knew you know obviously he's preaching about the the Messiah, maybe he didn't know that the Messiah was Jesus, although his mother apparently knew because isn't his mother um, Elizabeth? Correct. Mm -hmm. And didn't Elizabeth, the one who gave the proclamation about Our Lady, blessed right. her, how is it that the mother of my Lord's coming to me? Right, so that's true. It's really yeah. interesting. I would love to know what the relationship was with um, St. Elizabeth, John the Baptist with the Holy Family, you know? Right. Well, I wish there was some, some way research. that we would know this. Yeah, we'll have to definitely do some research about this. But um, yeah, good good points here. Um, Timon says, John's clothes show he probably doesn't come from royalty, but he was a simple man chosen by God, similar to Moses. Teresa says, yes, he was a voice in the desert calling for repentance, including his own, yet said he must, he must shrink as Jesus grows. Vicky says, Adam dressed in animal skins as... Blood, Covenant, John, Animal Skins, Repentance. Um, Trunk says, Poverty of Spirit, Give Up Bad Behavior, Repentant. Uh, James says, John's dress is a stark comparison compared to modern televangelists. <laughs> uh, I would say. <laughs> yeah, can you, can you guys see Jim and Tammy Baker from the 80s dressing like John the Baptist? Wow. Um, <laughs> John is, or John says, oh, that's Emily. Thank you so much. Still in ICU. Oh, still nice. But slowly each part of his body is helping. I believe in miracles. Oh, we're good to hear. Yeah, please, you know, take good care of him. We wish him well, definitely. Um, Judith says he was withdrawn from the world with no ties to it. And yes, he was humble and lived off the land. Teresa says he was thought to be at Quant. Quamran originally. Okay, I'm not sure what the, where that is um, or what that is. Um, MC78 says, I believe in God. May says, John sent disciples to ask if he, the card, was oh. the Messiah or do we wait for another? Yes, that is a good point. Okay. That hmm. is a real good point. I forgot about that. So yeah, I maybe I guess John too. wasn't aware. That's interesting. 
that's that's huh yeah but so and when did saint elizabeth because if saint elizabeth died before he grew up and i'm not sure when saint elizabeth died maybe you know because obviously if saint elizabeth had been you know still alive then she would have taught him i remember a priest giving a homily one time about that reading passage where um what was it John sent to Jesus to ask if he was the Messiah? It wasn't for the purpose of him knowing. It was for the sake that the people would know for themselves. Mm. Oh, so, I see. So that's I don't know. I mean, we, that's... Definitely interesting. We definitely have to research this. Okay. Um, let's see. Vicky and I also said. just want to say one more thing, Kate. There's mm-hmm. a movement that seems to be going on um, that people are trying to had the church declare that John the Baptist was without original sin. So Hmm. I don't know where they get that from, but I know that there's, there's a movement of, there's a group that's trying to, I guess, convince the Vatican or whatever (laughs) to look into that. So. Yeah. I don't don't know know about that. that. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Vicky says he knew when Jesus came over the hill, he said, here comes the lamb of God who takes away sins Singing Andy says, Vicki, yes, you are right. Um, Becky says, hello from Texas. Hello, Becky. Um, Jesus says, in this day and age, he would be looked at as a crazy person. I would probably wonder myself. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. John said, or um, I meant healing. Was it because he wanted to show Jesus for all poor and wealthy? Okay, yeah, good question. Um, Angela says, in Islam, he's called a prophet. Teresa says, the scrolls at Wamran. I'm saying, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. We have to look into that. Um, Gail says, John the Baptist was the son of a priest. I think she um, might be saying Quran. Is that what the, Quran. the Muslim book? The, the Quran, is that, is that what it is? I don't know. I'm not seeing the comments. I can't say. Q-U-M-R-A-N. I don't know. I have no idea. Sorry. Um, John the Baptist was the son of a priest, Zechariah, and his wife, Elizabeth, the priests of Israel, without exception, were of a tribe of Levi and were descendants of Aaron, the brother of Moses. Um, please include your prayers in your prayers, Michelle's family from California. Oh, okay. So MC78 says, all right. So yeah, we'll have to do that. Thank you. Michelle's family from California. Teresa says, um, that group is wrong. John was not without sin, only Mary. Yeah, that's, I'm skeptical too, Teresa. That's true about John the Baptist being without original sin. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure what their argument is on, on that. I know that I felt the same way. Like we can't give everybody, declare everyone without original sin. So it makes sense why Our Lady was, was born without original sin because Jesus being God could not live inside a human being who's a sinner. So, you know, okay. Okay. Um, you know what I'll do? I'll pause. We have a couple more comments coming in, but I'm going to pause and turn it back to you, Mike, and then okay. we'll come back to um, a few more comments. So we'll try to get to everybody as we go along. Sounds All right, good. Mike, um, back to you. Thank you. We're going to move on to our next question, guys. So our next question is, how do we sometimes not practice humility in regard to our relationship with Jesus? How do we sometimes not practice humility in regard to our relationship with Jesus. So this is a personal question, I guess. I guess we can also change it. How do we, how do people sometimes not practice humility? Maybe in regards of like a more general question, unless you want to reflect, do some self-reflecting. I don't know. I didn't create these questions. So yeah. um, Well, 
I can tell, well, from my, like how I, the things with struggle with humility, I guess there's like, definitely, I think that I always have great anxiety. I think I need to trust in God more. So, and when you have great anxiety, I think that it's, you know, you have to just say to yourself, God's in control, because if we always try to be in control or think we are, then that's not always being very humble. So that's, I think this might be, you know, and humility, the way people get the struggles with humility, I guess it's different for everybody, but I think that's one way I'll just say from experience. So. Thank you for sharing that. I think for myself, um, I think impatience, I'm very impatient with everything. And so that oftentimes leads to anger issues when things don't go right or um, whether with it's myself or someone else. Um, but on a more global scale, if um, I, when I first saw this question, I automatically thought of those people who um, condemn everyone, like they stand at like, you know, public areas and are you saved posters and they tell everyone they're going to hell, like, you know, and I don't think that's winning any souls for Christ, you know by condemning other people, even though you're trying to drive home a point that we're all sinners. Um, you know, I think it does more damage to trying to build a relationship with Jesus and, you know, and the people that we're called to evangelize to. So I don't agree with that form of evangelization. So that's the first thing I thought of when I read this question. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 And they usually protest outside concert venues and stuff like, you know, I, I remember watching there's a YouTube video. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the um, let me widen my screen here. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Christian singer, Amy Grant. Have you ever mm -hmm. heard of Amy Grant, Kate? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm she sure. made a she made a pop album in the 1990s. And a lot of people were upset about that because she was before then completely like gospel music and and Christian music. And so um, that led on to a whole thing of people bashing her and calling her a sinner and calling her this and that. And then she ended up marrying someone, divorcing her husband or something and marrying someone else. But then again, you know what? It's not our business to judge other people's actions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not us to th our business to throw stones. So that's another, that's another way I think that we Christians can sometimes be not very humble when we're trying to serve Christ is by um, taking upon ourselves to, you know, say who's, who's a sinner, who's not, you know what I mean? Or even thinking of ourselves as anything more than a sinner because we're all sinners in the end of the day. So uh, hopefully, you know, through grace and, and humility, we're able to rise and, and better our lives, you know, with the help of Christ and avoid sin. But at some point or another, everyone sinned. So even if it was just original sin. So. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so we have some, so let us know what you guys think. We have more comments coming in. Um, I'll try to go back to uh, where we were. Uh, Teresa says the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay. Um, was he supposed to be Elijah coming back as foretold in the Old Testament? Qumran is the place where recently some scrolls um, Reference oh Jesus were found referring to Jesus maybe were found. Um, Angel says the opposite of humility is pride. Um, she says Dead Sea Scrolls at Qumran. I'm not being very humble. Not um, I have to look into that. Uh, Singing Angie says humility requires us to take a spiritual look at what needs to change in our lives, where we have fallen short of God's command commands, and 
will for and will for us, right? Where we fall short as far as God's will for us. Um, patience is definitely something I struggle with, even when I'm asking God to move mountains, Emily says. Um, Melissa says, our own weaknesses keep us from doing what is right when we don't practice humility. Vicki says, it's easy to feel proud of your accomplishments, but you need to let the glory go to God and not take the credit solely. Oh, that's a good um, point. Gary, that's a good that's, point. Can you yeah, read that one more true. time, Kate? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a very good point. Um, Vicki says, so it's easy to feel proud of your accomplishments, but you need to let the glory go to God and not take the credit solely. And that's true because a lot of saints did remember to do that. They always, you know, remember to give the glory to God. Um, Gary says, Mike, I agree with you on judging of others if it harms both us and and other. And the other thing means Amaze mm -hmm. says, when we feel that we can exist and don't need to depend on God is when we do not practice humility. Good that's point. sure we always need to remind ourselves God's first above all things. So seek ye first the kingdom of God. Okay, that's all we have so far. All right, back okay. to you, Mike. All right, we're gonna go on to our very last question tonight, guys. Um, so the question is, how can we as disciples of Christ continue the work of John the Baptist in proclaiming the message of Christ's coming? How can we as disciples of Christ continue the work of John the Baptist in proclaiming the message of Christ's coming? So we'll give everybody 30 seconds or so to fill in your answers. So just remember back in the day um, with John the Baptist, we, he was waiting for Jesus's first coming. So we know Jesus came, the Messiah came. Now we're waiting for Jesus again to come this time, the second coming. So um, how can we continue John the Baptist's work, knowing what we know now, who the Messiah is? Um, we got all this mountain of evidence to prove that he's the Messiah. How can we proclaim this message of Christ coming to the world? to other people so uh kate did you want to chime in at all or sure um i think that one thing we can do is just very simply be good examples i think i always go back to thinking about mother Teresa in this regard just by doing simple things with great love in our oh, own community um i i think that you know because if you notice that when people try to make a spectacle of themselves uh, that it can be a turnoff, but I think you just have to be very, just live simply. And I, I don't mean live simply as in go wear camel's hair, like John the Baptist and eat locusts and wild honey. Um, but just, you know, I think that just being humble in the sense that you're thankful for what God gives you being thankful in your daily prayers, um, recognizing the accomplishments of others rather than yourself. Like whenever something good happens to you, remember, first of all, that God's blessed you with talents and also remember the people that have helped you in your life along the way, or the people that have inspired you, the people that have been there for you, like very, who have been loyal and been there for you and that kind of thing. Um, so appreciating those things, I think helps. And I think that the more we appreciate things, the less room there is to complain about things. So um, that's what I think in terms of that card. Um, you know, okay. any thoughts, Mike, on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat the question one more time. How can we as uh, disciples of Christ, for those who are tuning in, how can we as disciples of Christ continue to work, uh, continue the work of John the Baptist in proclaiming the message of Christ's coming? Well, I think of when I see this question, um, you know, by living our lives, um, being as witnesses to uh, the gospel, 
And, you know, obviously as the world progresses, um, it progresses further and further away from Christ. But we also know that the further time goes on, the closer to the second coming of Christ that we get to. So I think it's, um, I think that we can defend the faith. I think that's one way of, of doing it because, you know, it costs John the Baptist his head, um, literally. But um, it might end up costing us our heads because as, as the world continues to be, get less Christian and um, become more secular and become more of the kingdom of Satan than it is anything else, um, I think we are, we who are left, the faithful, are becoming like John the Baptist in that way because our numbers are so few and it's up to us to continue that message. Otherwise that message is going to get lost. And so will a lot of people, including ourselves. So I think by living as a witness to Christ is how I would answer this question. Right. That, no, that's sure. Exactly right. Um, because I think that we're living a time where the lines are drawn. It's like the gray areas being weeded out and those who are on God's side I mean, we're gradually to think being separated as to who's on God's side and who's not. Um, so I think definitely living as a witness of the faith and, you know, the more people see us as with us as in all, you know, people practicing the faith, I think that it'll inspire others to hopefully, you know, do God's will and so forth, you know, just by living as good examples of uh, Catholic Christians. So, okay, um, we have a lot of some comments coming in here. Um, once again, guys, thank you for uh, chiming in and be, sharing your thoughts with us this evening. Okay, um, let's see, we have Amaze says, when we feel we can exist and don't need to, oh, okay, sorry, I read that one already. Um, so I skipped down. Um, James says, by serving ourselves instead of God, God's will, not ours, God's time, not ours. Um, yeah, patient, having patience, God's time, not ours. That's true. And that's really hard. Sometimes we want things to happen in our time. God's not a vending machine. You don't pray for something and then you get instant feedback the way a candy bar pops out and you put money in. So God's not a vending machine. A lot of people think that he's like that, but that's not the way it works. Um, so good point, James. Uh, Judas says he was baptized in, in John the Baptist was baptized in the womb of St. Elizabeth. When Mary came to him, I was told by priest he was not born without original sin hmm. yeah so um yeah i don't think so either i don't yeah i don't think he was born without original sin um mr no strickland says share the good news whenever you can and live in such a way that people want to know what your quote-unquote secret is okay that's great. awesome so i like the way i like true. that that's a that's a good can right. you say that one more time kate Sure. So Mr. Noah Strickland says, share the good news whenever you can and live in such a way that people want to know what your secret is. I think, okay. I, I think that's, that's the true. best way also, because nobody likes someone who's preaching all the time. You know, I think that turns right. off a lot of people just by like, they, they see your joy. They see that, you know, the, that Christ is alive in your heart. They want to know, you know, why are you so happy in this dismal world, you know, and what, right. what is your secret? And that's a good opportunity. They're asking you to, to proclaim the truth to them. So that's a great way of, of, of looking at it. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Yeah, Teresa says, Live through living a humble life and speaking with love. Yeah, true. Um, Judas says, I do not give God the honor and glory he deserves regarding my life. Sometimes I take the glory 
and it's all his. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of that, Judith. Yeah, you know, so we have we to sure always are. remember that we're not entitled to things. Everything we have, like every breath we take, our health, our lives, it all belongs to God. It's a gift. It's, yep. it's all a gift. Um, Vicki says, I was at a conference one time and everyone thought I was a nun. So I guess I had accomplished getting the message. I was a Christian across getting out, getting the message. I was a Christian across to everyone. We were all Catholic, but a great compliment. How about that? That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Amaze says in today's context, even to live an exemplary life or even to share gets a critical eye. Yeah, that's true. I mean, sometimes you do something nice and people are like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> there's something wrong with you. You're being too nice. Or, you know, why are you doing this nice thing? Um, okay. Anne says, we need to thank the Lord daily for all we are and have. Show singing Angie says, each day ask God to help you see, speak, hear through him. So when people look at you, they see him. That is how we can spread his love and message. Definitely a great point. Um, Gary says, invite others to a mass or church event to expose others to our faith and more importantly, Jesus. Good points, guys. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Back to you, Mike. All right. Perfect. Thank you guys, everyone, for uh, tuning in. And thank you guys for sharing and opening up and, and having a spiritual discussion with us. This is awesome. Okay. It's the end of our discussion questions. Now we're going to just quickly go through our Bible study notes here. Um, let me just get this thing out of my way. That was preventing me from doing the prayer earlier today. Okay, so John the Baptist, and this is from The Word Among Us, which is an awesome magazine. If you guys are subscribed to it, it gives you the daily mass readings and also reflections at the very end for each day. It's just amazing. Um, so I looked up what theirs is for this Sunday, and this is their their Bible study notes. John the Baptist is often called the precursor or the forerunner of Christ because he prepared the way for the coming of Jesus. But why was the preparation necessary in the first place? Mark gives us a clue when he calls John's baptism a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John knew that sin kept people far from God, so he offered them the only remedy to help them receive Jesus when he came, repentance and forgiveness. During Advent, we too are preparing for the coming of the Messiah, and part of that preparation also involves repentance. Like the people coming to the Jordan River, we know we have sinned and need forgiveness. And just as it did for them, repentance, even for minor sins, softens our hearts and opens us to Jesus and his grace. How does this happen? Repentance requires us to take a spiritual inventory of what needs to change in our lives, of where we have fallen short of God's commands. We don't have to do this alone. If we ask him, the Holy Spirit will help us search our hearts and will gently reveal our sins to us. Then, when we see where we have strayed, the Spirit helps us to see how deeply we need his grace. That causes us to go to Jesus more often and cling to him more tightly. When we experience God cleansing us of our sins, we can't help but be filled with thanksgiving for his abundant love and for his unfailing, never-ending mercy. So make it a point to try to get to confession before Christmas. Let repentance become a daily practice as well as that you can keep your conscience clean of all sins that can pile up and obscure your relationship with Christ. Repentance is powerful. God will use it not only to cleanse you, but to soften your heart and draw you closer to himself. Okay, end the Bible study notes. 
Okay, guys, so this is the part. If anyone has any prayer intentions, we do invite you guys to go ahead and share those with us in the uh, chat box. If anyone's watching this on playback, we invite you guys to do so also in the comment section down below. And every prayer that comes through, we do, uh, we do pray. So feel free to share that with us. While we are doing that, I'm going to go ahead and go right into our closing prayer here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you that we can live in your light and walk in your truth. May the things that you have revealed and thoughts that we have shared dwell in our hearts and stir us to action. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're still waiting for um, any prayer intentions that are coming in. I'm just going to continue real quickly here. Uh, this Friday, mark your calendars, is First Friday. So if you're not familiar with the First Friday devotion, uh, if you receive Holy Communion in a state of grace for nine consecutive First Fridays with the intention of making reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Christ will give you the grace of final repentance. So there's a whole, a bunch, whole of bunch of promises that he makes to those who honor his Sacred Heart on the first Friday for nine consecutive months. And we actually do have a video and more information about our Lord's promises, some recommended prayers. These are linked in the description box below. Just go ahead and mark your calendars for this coming first Friday. Also, if you're not aware, Kate and I do have a Catholic live chat show where we talk about current events that are relevant to Catholics. And we do invite you guys to come check that out and participate. This is on Thursdays at night. Eight o'clock, right, Kate? Thursdays at 8 p.m.? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's right. mm -hmm. uh, we also have podcasts. Uh, we're on all the major platforms. And again, our Bible study is every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Okay. So that is that. All right, um, Kate. Just to jump in a second, we have some people uh, asking for a prayer request. So sure. thank you guys um, for sharing your intentions here with us. So um, try to make sure I get these. So Amaze says, pray for reconciliation, especially between siblings. Okay, definitely. Um, especially with the holidays and stuff. It's a hard time of year for a lot of families. Um, let's say also, let's say, um, oh, Genesis, thank you for sharing the writing from The Word Among Us, Mike. Um, oh, yeah, that's a great magazine. <laughs> That's, yeah, definitely great. Um, good thoughts there. Uh, Pamela says, please pray for the conversion of my family. Thank you, and God bless you for all you do. Okay, Pamela, oh, yeah, we'll do. Add that to our prayer list. Okay. We're going to continue to pray for, I think her name, was it Emily, her dad, mm -hmm. John? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's right. in ICU, ICU still. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pray for yeah, make sure that Emily's is. father and her family. Okay, and um, let's see. Uh, oh, and Joan Forever Flower says, pray or, for my family and also for those who are lonely, okay? Um, especially during this time of year, right? And with the, the pandemic, I think it's even harder um, on people been shut in for so long and the holidays seems to make it worse, so definitely pray for all of those people, especially people who are in nursing homes and they're not allowed to have visitors and so forth. So please pray for them. I also right. want to add an intention. Uh, my nephew died 
um, a couple of days ago. So if you guys would please keep him in your prayers, that'd be great. Um, let's say, and also let's, um, Arma Arzu says, please pray for the priest from the Divine Mercy Catholic Church in Belize. Okay. Um, and Emily's saying, um, yes, uh, please continue praying for her dad. Definitely, Emily. Okay, so definitely want to do that. Um, Anne says, pray for Monsignor Sozman, who is fighting for his life and is on a ventilator in, on a ventilator, Peru Catholic churches. Okay, Anne. Yeah, absolutely. I have to pray for him too. So, Monsignor Sozman. All right. And um, let's see, Vicki says, for direction in our grandson's life to come to Jesus for a priestly calling. All right, and Arma says, please pray for Natalie Jones, she has cancer. Okay, um, Judy says, your, is your chat Thursday, 8, p 8 Eastern? Yes, 8 p.m. Eastern, Judy. Yeah, I apologize, um, I lost up the time. Okay, um, so Thursday, 8. Um, it's notice, always 8 o'clock what we do, so. Yeah, always always 8 o'clock um, for his things. Um, Noah says, please pray, Mr. Noah Strickland, please pray for my priest, Father Wallace, who broke his ankle and knee and will be having surgery. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, definitely. Um, let's see, uh, Janice says, is it easy to shop on your website, Kate and Mike? I have the magazine too, Mike. Oh, maybe he means the newsletter or maybe, oh, maybe the magazine, the, um, oh, the magazine we're reading from, I just lost my thought on the Bible study tonight. Um, wait, uh, what was the question? Was there a question? Oh, is it easy to shop? Is it easy to shop on your website, Kate and Mike? I have the magazine too. I think the magazine you're reading from tonight in the Bible study on the um, oh. the names eluding me right now, but um, but yeah, uh, is it easy to shop on our website? We hope it is. Um, yeah, we don't have it on our website. Um, you have to so, go actually to the. I should put a link because it's a great magazine. Yeah, we and, don't sell it ourselves. Yeah, and because they don't have missalettes at church now, masses, so it's a great read. You can follow along with the priest readings and stuff. It's so I should put that in the description. So right, that's yeah. a good idea. Um, James says, please pray for my neighbor, Elaine, who has cancer. Okay. Um, and uh, Arma says, please pray for the flood victims and my cousin, Lorna, who passed away because of COVID. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay, um, and uh, Emily says, where is the podcast on? We'd love to listen to it. Oh, okay. You can actually find it on our website, um, kate-n-mike.com. Um, it's on our main page up on the YouTube banner. So you should just click that website and just scroll down. We have all the listings right there. So yeah, so yeah we're gonna be adding awesome. something new, which we're looking forward to sharing with you guys in two weeks, but we can't mm -hmm. tell you right now because- <laughs> 
Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Um, let's see, singing Angie says, please pray for Miranda's heart to let go of her anger towards her family that loves her and come back to us. Okay, oops. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, Janice says, yes, Kate. Okay, um, Mr. Noah Strickland says, praying for all intentions in the chat. Thank you for being here. I am grateful to pray with you. Oh, thank you, thank Kate. Thank you very much. For, oh, thank you, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Um, Teresa says, I'm currently in the hospital with COVID and strep oh throat gosh. with multiple comorbidities. Oh, wow. Please. Oh, yes, definitely, Teresa. Wow, you're watching us from the hospital. Oh, God bless you. Wow. Yeah. Definitely pray for you. Well, thank you definitely for being here you. in spite of everything you're going through. Wow. So thanks for still joining us. Um, Emily says, okay, thank you. Um, Judy says, prayers for the Pope. You yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, I actually, I pray for the Pope daily. Definitely keep praying for him. All right, looks like that's all we have so far, but if anybody else wants us to pray for anything, please continue to leave us your intentions. Okay, Absolutely. thank you so much guys for sharing those with us. All right, back to you, Mike. Okay guys, and that's all for our Bible study this evening. Again, we thank you so much for joining us. We thank you for everyone who participated. And for those who just watched, that's fine also. We hope that um, this was helpful in some way. And we look forward to seeing you guys next Tuesday, same time, same place for our next Bible study. And if you want to join us for our live chat this Thursday, we do invite you to do that as well. Okay, guys, until next time, take care. God bless. God bless, guys.